back to Spooky Time Tea, the show where we talk about ghosts, ghouls, murders, and mysteries, and everything in between, all while enjoying a cup of tea. Like a tea party, but spooky. Spooky! That was a cookie crisp howl right there. <laughs> Did anyone get that inflection? Yeah, yeah, yeah got I got it, got it. We're not drinking tea right now, we're drinking coffee because it's it's not very early now, but we started very early and we're all very tired. Um, Y'all are tired, and I'm all literally two hours of sleep. Yeah, Chloe, Chloe's on a, a rampage. And I I'm feeling fucking great. I also need to do my meditation, so. I do need to meditate, energy. but I'll probably do that tonight. That will give me some energy. And I did some sort of vague meditation this morning with a self-love 54321 practice that I saw on TikTok, but made it for yourself. And not your so partner. they say that if you sit like this in a chair, it means you're bisexual or something? Yeah, what you, was that? Oh, bisexual bisexuals can't sit in a chair the correct way is the stereotype because. <laughs> yeah, because. See, here's the thing. I can't sit at. I usually, I you guys know me. Both bisexuals and neurodivergents can't sit in chairs the correct way. I was about to say. I think there's a crossover. There. Because I am not bisexual, but I cannot sit in the chair the correct way. The only reason I am right now is because this chair doesn't have arms and does not allow me to sit. That's fair. And an incredible. I will find a way I'm eventually. You could, you could cro- I've sat cross-legged in this before. I could try. You know, my dream <laughs> one day is to have this. a very specific podcasting room in which we have bean bags like those love sacks. Yes. And yes. Just we get to get cozy. I want bean bags. <laughs> um, anyways, please send. Uh, we should start a spooky time tea Venmo and or Patreon. We should. Yeah. New project. And we'll um, send you some sexy lewd pictures no. of teacups. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of teapots and teacups. It'll be like... <laughs> hey, new game. Who on this podcast most likely to commit a murder? <laughs> Kitty's going to kill me one day, I swear to God. And it's like... It'd be called Play Leaves. Anyway... <laughs> Anyways, I'm retiring from the podcast. <laughs> no, I love it too much. We'll, like, have the teapot, like, in weird positions and, like, have the cups and, like, these, like... Oh, my God. One where there's, like, the teapot with its with the cap off and there's just, like, tea leaves, like, spilling out of yeah. it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Text Lori these ideas. Today, we are talking about Aqua Tafana. Um, it's the story of... Her name is Julia Tafana, and we'll get to Aqua Tafana later. Um, Can I if, just say that that sounds kind of like a, a perfume? Um, speaking of perfume, <laughs> one of my sources is um, a YouTuber named Bailey Sarian who does murder, mystery, and makeup, which are all of my loves. Um, and she, during this video, goes, Aqua Tavana, and makes like a perfume. She she also says that it sounds like a perfume and then like makes fun of, you know, mm-hmm. the whole perfumey thing. So she is one of my sources. Wikipedia is one of my sources. Um, Medium.com, sci-fi.com allthingsinteresting.com, sciencedirect.com, and historycollection.com. I have four pages of notes. I've never been more prepared for a podcast episode. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I had one good day on my old ADHD medication that it never worked again. Um, so I knocked this out. Nice. <laughs> New ADHD medication. We're going to find out. I'm going to write a book in a day. All right. So, so the story of Julia Tafana. We're going to kind of go throughout her life and kind of her story. Mm-hmm. And I really want to know you guys' thoughts Mm -hmm. because this isn't like a cut and dry this person's vile and terrible case Mm -hmm. um and that will become very clear and that's just my personal opinion everyone has different thoughts um and i will say that society and gender identity and kind of being oppressed versus being an oppressor has to do a lot with how people view her yeah um or just being aware of your privilege and history and society and history and how things functioned so just kind of 
keep all that in mind as we go forward. I really love this story. So very little is known about the early life of Julia Tafana. She was born in 1620. This is, I think, the farthest back we've gone. Wow. In our episode, 1620. 1620. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it predates right. Salem. I looked yesterday to double check. She was born in 1620 in Palermo, Italy, and she was said to have been extremely beautiful and very smart, which is great that someone that a woman born in the 17th century, mm-hmm. 17th century, mm-hmm. got the descriptor very smart in addition to beautiful. It wasn't just like a, she was pretty and rich in this. So they gave her credit, which was rightfully deserved. Um, So not much of her home life is known, but it can be theorized that her father was abusive as many men at the time were. It's just how it was. It was never right. And she was possibly the daughter of, oh shit, I just looked up how to pronounce this. Pardon my Italian name trying to pronounce. Hold on. You did say she was rich, right? Yeah. No. 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 Oh, okay. Because uh, that's why I was asking. Because like, it, beautiful and rich, and I was like, Wait, no. Is she rich? No, she's not. But like, women would get like the oh, uh, she comes from money, okay, like okay, she's okay. status and shit. Real quick, I'm gonna play how to pronounce her mom's name because I wrote this forever ago and I practiced it because I thought we were gonna record a lot sooner. But Tufania. Tufania, um, which is Tufania de Amadio. Pardon my Italian. Uh, it's names that I can't pronounce or read, and no matter what my mom says. We're not Italian. I've done the genetics testing. She is possibly the daughter of this woman who was accused of murdering her husband, Francis, her possible abusive father, and was executed for the crime of killing him on July 12th, 1633. If this is true, that would have made Julia 13 at the time of both of her parents' death. Really young to us, early womanhood Yeah. back then. Yeah. And by the time she started her own business, she was known as a, quote, beautiful young widow, end quote. So this is what we're going to be considering the truth moving forward um, for storytelling purposes, Mm -hmm. as there's not a whole lot of evidence stating any other backstory. This is kind of the most consistent thing you can find from place to place. I have so many sources, and it's kind of the tea leaf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tea leaf? In your coffee mug? I don't know. I think it might have actually been um, a coffee ground. Oh, maybe. Oh, my. Yeah, maybe. Better than Tulsa. I was about to say maybe, and maybe came out. We're going to consider that the truth moving forward because across all of the sources that I had, those were the ones that kind of kept appearing Uh and lined up, and there's nothing really else other than any other backstory. It's not stating any other backstory. After her parents' death, Julia spent her time in apothecaries. I love that word. Did you know we have an apothecary here? There's still things. I thought it was a very ancient, like, non-use thing anymore. There used to be an apothecary um, off of I-30, I believe. There's one like... by the post office on, I think, Bryant Irvin. Because my mom's gotten a medication pickup from there. Like, ointment. Yeah, no, they, like, they call them apothecaries, but the one that was off I-30 was, like, an actual apothecary where you Ooh. could get, like, weird herbs, and it was, like, very much that, so... It had, it had some, like, herb stuff and, like, custom-made, like, ointments it was and there stuff. Long... And then there was also, like, you know... Yeah. Touristy, shoppy, cute things. Yeah, no, um, the apothecary that used to be off 30, I've never been, but I've been told about it, was very much so, like, it was built to look older. Like, yeah. it was meant to be an actual apothecary. Yeah. Remember how I was talking earlier about the book I'm writing, how I've always romanticized words? Mm-hmm. Apothecary is one of those words that mm-hmm. I think is such a beautiful word. It is. And with its history and usage and, like, my growing up with literature and stuff, mm-hmm. I heavily associate apothecary to 
renaissance like yeah william shakespeare romeo and juliet poison like it's yeah. old doesn't yeah. exist anymore we've modernized but that's not the case and i think oh, that's no. really they interesting. are still around and i love it i think it's so interesting i actually want to get into holistic medication because like that's basically what it is yeah and i want to learn in like which ones work help. best for you as alternatives to yeah why'd you do that I, I, can help, I can help you with that oh okay good um i'm gonna do that for our shop that's what I want to do. I want to open an apothecary. Let's do it. Well, that's what I want to do. I want to do. You've the never told me this. I was, was. I always thought it was a tea shop. Well, that's. I want it to be a tea shop as well. I want it to oh, be okay. I want to make t-shirts and stuff do. like that. I must just be a That's what I, I used to do all the time. Let's do it. Yeah, that's what I used to do. All the time. Let's literally make this happen. Julia spent her time in apothecaries, possibly apprenticing, and or working to earn a living since she is now an orphan. Um, if she wasn't apprenticing, she was definitely watching. Um, either way. Homegirl was learning some things. I literally wrote that. It was either in the apothecaries that Julia developed her signature poison, or it was her mother's recipe passed down that she later perfected. We do know the essential ingredients of Aqua Tofana. Um, I think they like recovered bottles and were able to like test the remnants of what's inside. Could be lying about that entirely. I don't know. But we do know the basic ingredients, which was arsenic, lead, and possibly belladonna. Yeah. Oh, makes sense. I thought Kat would like that. Belladonna is oh. definitely a place. I mean, it depends uh, on the uh, 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 I'm gonna get to that. Okay. I'm excited. I wrote four pages. Let me read them. <laughs> it does have some. Hyd- um, but we do not know how she blended it to her perfect poisoning specifications because this poison was so. It was perfected to like it was down to a drop. Mm-hmm. was almost all you needed. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it was perfectly blended for the perfect crime. And I'll yep. get to that. So you know that it had to have been, like, the like one part this, one part this. We don't know how she blended it, and we don't know how it became the... I'll get there. Um, so Aqua Tifana was odorless, colorless, and tasteless, making it ideal to be slipped into wines, waters, or soups. I believe she had it originally blended as a powder, but very quickly it became the liquid form that she weaponized, because... It just evolved into it was perfect. I feel like the liquid form would be easier to get. The away liquid form is easier to hide and get away mm-hmm. with. The powder, yes, given kind of what the how the poison interacts with the body and what it mm-hmm. causes. The liquid is is an easier delivery method, and she has not only the poison down to perfection. Mm-hmm. She has the process of selling and teaching the process. It's she made a whole business out of it, but I'll get to it. So. Yeah. Some backstory to understand the need-ish. Um, need is a... No, it's a need. It's a need. So backstory to understand the need for Tafana's services. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a sex joke. Sex workers are real workers. Sex workers are real work. She was killing people. So at the time, divorce wasn't even a concept that existed. Um, at least not religiously, especially in the areas of Europe in which she was <clears throat> influential. Yeah. And I say influential because she was not a noble woman, I don't think. She was working class. She made money because she had a business and she had money. She was okay. But she was not like a duke or a duchess or a princess. No, she wasn't a noble woman. Yeah, she she was known by... She was a working woman. She was a working woman that was known within a community of women that bought from her. Yeah. She was like... She was only known if you needed to know her. Yeah. Um, 
The way that you said that was just... I love it. It's, it's very Thank sinister. You. No, I love that. I love it, though. Thank you. It, religiously, it wasn't an option in those areas of Europe, unless you were, I guess, Church of England was around this time, in which Henry was like, Church of England, you can get divorced. <laughs> um, and then killed two of his wives. Yep. Watch Sixth the Musical, everybody. It's fucking great. Not super historically accurate, but bops. So her community, divorce, not an option. Arranged marriages were the norm. And parents married off their children into loveless and often abusive marriages where they couldn't escape unless one of them were to die. Or, one, the woman could turn to sex work and choose to be with the broken and unsavory um, reputation. Mm -hmm. Um, Those were women's two options back then in loveless, abusive marriages. Mm -hmm. And parents married their kids off because, A, it's proper and you're like, your daughter's a spinster, she's 16 and not married. Like, it's, it was kind of that thing. I know there's some historical inaccuracies in the age, but that's essentially what we know now. Mm -hmm. And dowries. Like, you married into money, you got money. Women Mm -hmm. married up. Men provided and tried to, like, gain ranks. Mm -hmm. Sometimes men would marry up, but it was very rare. So when you have arranged, loveless, abusive marriages and no divorce, people get pretty fucking desperate. Yeah. So I actually ended up finding a really powerful phrase in an article on sci-fi.com stating that the true initiating point, I guess, for Julia's stories is purely just what they called, and I fucking loved it, it's just two words, quote, unchecked patriarchy, end quote. Wow. Oh, I love that. It's two words, and I'm so pissed I didn't write it. <laughs> Uh, but it's it was it's two words, but it it tells the entire history. Yeah, of the humanity, entire history of every patriarchal society in humanity. There are some that is an awesome two words. Like it was it, it was fucking great. Sci-fi.com, yeah. Whoever wrote that article, like fucking give them a fuck ton of money <laughs> to capture the entirety of human history in two words. Two words. Unchecked patriarchy. Yeah, mm-hmm. love that. Can we get t-shirts to say unchecked patriarchy? Yes. Hell yeah. In the 15th century, up until very recently, women were property. So, like, up until, like, I want to say the 30s, 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. even in America, some places today. Yeah. Um, Like, it's still going on. We're still fighting it. Like, mm-hmm. we have a lot more autonomy now. Some of us are really lucky to have that autonomy. It mm-hmm. doesn't, it's not across the board. But especially back then, in our unchecked patriarchal societies, mm-hmm. women are property. They are not humans. They don't have emotions. That's what they thought. Yeah, of yeah. course. Women didn't have a lot of rights and shit back then. Yeah. It still boggles my mind. The the shit that uterus having people can do, and we are the ones that are the lesser of the... I'm sorry. Yeah. I really want to um, get, like, a macho man and hook him up to the one of the labor things, and then hook me up to one of the labor yes. things. And just watch. Because, A, That's I have I'm a high do. pain tolerance. B, I have a pride complex. I'm not going to mm-hmm. let that shit fall. I am mentally ill, bitch. I actually, I have to, I have to get one of those anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I the um, tens machine because I need it for um, my cramps and stuff because like they want me to do it so we can torture all our guy friends. Yes, we could. Yes. Okay, so new series on Patreon every Tuesday is a new one of our guy friends mm-hmm. <laughs> trying the thing. Yeah, it's called Unchecked Patriarchy. Uh, we're fixing it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Thank Let's you. get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna put the label on a band aid and it's gonna be over a crack. That's this. like way too big for the band aid? Yes. And having visions. Okay. Oh, it's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> Ooh, especially so, if uh, uh, Jonah. Yeah. <laughs> Make Jonah do it. <laughs> Jonah understands. I, hold on. Though. Hold Jonah's on. With us. He's not oh. part of the unchecked patriarchy. No, I know, but it'll be fun to have I want a Jonah versus Val showdown. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my Let's god. Do it. Jonah would win, hands down. I truly believe that. Yeah, we'll, I we'll see put it. we'll put bets in. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make a bet. No, pool. I can't bet on that because you're right. Um, so up until recently, and still in some places currently, 
women were property and are property, um, especially in the 15th century. Once a woman was married, her husband could do anything mm-hmm. he felt necessary or wanted to do with no repercussions. There were no laws that protected wives. There was no laws that protected children, but that's not who we're talking about right now. Nothing. You, like, you guys know what a whipping boy is? No. So... It was mostly in, like, royal courts or people that had money. I'm going to just... So there's a king and a queen, and they're fighting, and the king is abusive. But because the queen is a public figure, mm, there is a person yeah, that they pay, that sense. Um, and they bring the whipping boy, and he beats the fuck out of the whipping boy instead of the wife. Yeah, that makes wow. sense. That was a thing, yeah. Um, I don't even know who was paid. It might have been, like, a... See, this is what, hold on, pause, this is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. The last episode I talked about how, like, oh, I'm a very empathetic person, like, I I understand what people's emotions are, and I can, I can see them very easily. Mm -hmm. However, I also understand how the human psyche works a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't say, I don't want to say I understand it, because nobody understands how the human psyche really works. We know Mm -hmm. less than we know about the ocean, we know 5% about the ocean. Exactly. You said that last time. Yeah, so, it's not that, it's just that, like, like, Kitty was just like, wow, that's, you know, that's insane saying that that happened and I'm like yeah that makes sense <laughs> I'm like yeah no absolutely I, I totally get why that happened the, I just feel bad for the no the, I feel I know I absolutely like, feel bad for them but knowing the context and like knowing the our history I mean it like, makes sense knowing yeah. the world's history like that but, I'm like yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. I can but, see I can like, see that's why that would happen today yeah there yeah. were not laws to protect people from abusers back then yeah, yeah. especially women especially married so women so the kings were literally bullies yeah. Well, always. That's yeah. always Unchecked been the case. patriarchy. <laughs> they were terrible people. Total power is not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Anyways, absolutely not. Not just kings and queens, but like if you are rich enough to have an indentured servant or a slave or, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, society sucks. No one was paid to be beat the shit out of. No. And I'm going to keep my mouth shut there. Julia and her daughter, Giorama. It's like the feminine version of Guillermo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying, Italian fans. I know you're there because we have... Guillermo? The... Yeah. It's Guillermo. <laughs> I tried. I was reading the, um, like yeah, the breakdown it. of it. I got you. Um, began selling the poison to some men, but mostly women, looking to free themselves from abusive marriages. Mm-hmm. Homegirl knew that men were abused, too. Yeah. So it really appeared to be a family business, and it was just that. It was a business. Julia operated with herself, a small group of trusted employees that were friends, her daughter, and we're not sure, but we think a priest or a minister as well was part of this. She's got wow. the whole world on her side. Dude, you have no idea. That's awesome. It gets better. No. Okay, I'm starting to lean towards Wonder Woman. <laughs> okay, so that's, spoiler alert, that's where I lead to. Okay. Um, so one of my favorite quotes I found uh, from another article, but this one's medium.com. They said Tafana made it her mission and her business to help aspiring widows murder their husbands. Oh, <laughs> Hold on! Oh, wow. I am stealing. I am stealing the words "aspiring widow." Please do. That's I what hooks me. I am stealing them. I am stealing the words okay. "aspiring widows." New name for the murder wife robes: aspiring widow robes. Oh, I love that! I'm starting a new TikTok it. campaign. <laughs> I'm posting it on the um, podcast Aspiring TikTok today. Aspiring Widows is my new favorite fucking thing. Aspiring Widows is my new call sign. Patriarchy. <laughs> Aspiring Widow. Um, oh, God, I love that. That's better than Black Widow. Like, that's better than that. It's so good. Julia Tafana uh, operated under the guise of a cosmetic shop. This is where it's huh. sung to me. 
that like I am obsessed with makeup. I'm obsessed with obsessed with skincare, mm-hmm. and clearly murder and true crime and the morbid um, to a more extent. But I like handle it so it's better for my mental. I'm a complicated human. Whatever. So it combines two of my loves. So while she did in fact sell cosmetics um, to successfully a more fund her business and B, add to the disguise of it being a cosmetic shop. Like if you're a cosmetic shop that sells one thing that's sketchy, Mm -hmm. if you're a cosmetic shop that has an array of things, no one's going to raise a fucking eyebrow. Mm -hmm. While she did in fact sell cosmetics, she also passed off her poison Aqua Tifana, which means water of Tifana, Mm -hmm. um, as a women's beauty product or a healing and religious oil. So the fact that that contained belladonna may have, it was deadly, but it also served a purpose in aiding in the disguise as at the time belladonna was used as a cosmetic device yes for style with women she went so far as to bottle it and label it as a beauty product and mm-hmm. it, she even put like an instructions label on how to apply it as if it was a beauty product mm-hmm. the women that bought it knew not to do this yeah um but if the authorities were ever come knocking suspiciously it's a religious oil or it's a it's a cosmetic oil it's a feminine a feminine oil and then mm-hmm. you know Nobody asks questions. Nobody, nobody questions. Um, please, today don't like periods. Mm-hmm. So if you never are spooning. But, like, especially back then, they're like, it's a womanly thing. Get it away. So women would use belladonna um, as eye drops and drop them in their eyes to severely dilate them because being doe-eyed was considered extremely beautiful at the time mm-hmm. for style. And I believe there were some other uses and purposes for it. I only have what was relevant to this story. Mm-hmm. But essentially, belladonna at the time was a cosmetic and was a medicinal thing so like it wasn't they knew it was poisonous and could kill you in too much mm-hmm. but it wasn't out of the realm of possibility of it to be in day-to-day items yeah mm-hmm. um so it didn't raise any eyebrows and this was also before they discovered that like arsenic in wallpaper can kill you so it's like eh. mm-hmm. but all fine anyways um there's a whole documentary on things in the victorian home that could kill you and like wallpaper is one of those you should yeah. check it out it's on youtube so she went so far as to bought it she put a label or it would either be on a label or she would have, like, a separate card with the directions on it. It was, like, apply two drops on your face and neck morning and night. Mm-hmm. It was essentially, like, you know how, like, night creams are and stuff. Mm-hmm. So something along the lines of what you would see on a skincare product today. Meanwhile, Julia um, gave the women the true set of instructions. Like, she had a class after you bought it to teach you how to use it because there was a process that you had to do. Mm-hmm. It truly was, like, I hate saying it was, like, the perfect poison and the perfect but like the way this poison acted and the time that it gave i'll go over it i just i don't condone murder mm-hmm. right this woman's brilliant yeah that's all i'm saying 100 percent. yeah so aqua Tifana was a slow acting poison like a slow acting poison it developed and delivered it was developed and delivered in a way that would mimic a quote-unquote natural death mm-hmm. by that's some like potassium what very much like potassium yes however it would mimic some sort of like vague illness that medicine at the time just didn't have like an overarching name for but they're like he's sick it's the 1600s he might not make it Mm -hmm. we don't have good medicine yet kind of thing as if they knew um so julia told her clients to start by slipping just a single drop into some sort of liquid to be consumed by their husband one drop for the first dose Mm -hmm. that's it this initial dose would bring on the starting symptoms of like they're getting a cold or some kind of other like mm-hmm. sickness, the flu or just sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so the women were to continue this every day or other day. The third dose would have symptoms of the sickness 
becoming way more severe. So like vomiting, dehydration, burning sensation in the digestive tract, stuff along that lines, like mm-hmm. shit's getting bad fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fourth dose was the final, like, you only needed four doses of this and it would kill you. Mm-hmm. So the fourth dose would be the final and the fatal dose killing the husband. Damn. Because it was slow acting, it gave the victims of the poisoning time from when the beginning says symptoms set on to their death to get their affairs in order, Mm -hmm. which was heavily needed for the soon-to-be widows. So they would repent because religion was very big back then, and it was very important that, like, he'll repent for his sins, he'll go to heaven, I'll see him in the afterlife, and we'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Like, they still felt, these battered women still felt, A, responsible Mm -hmm. for their husband's afterlife and having a good afterlife, which Mm -hmm. women are saints, y'all. Clearly not a generalization, but, like, hundreds and hundreds of women like mm-hmm. did this like it was a still felt you know the thing for their repentance and they would finalize and like update their wills for their families that they would leave behind which would be the wife and probably the young children mm-hmm. because the wives are now left alone and they have to remarry later on which means they need another dowry or they need to be able to take care of themselves because marrying a already married person mm-hmm. is not ideal yeah and so they were not like quote-unquote desirable mm-hmm. in um their society so and just like that with just four small, like, drops of Aquatifana, a battered woman could regain her freedom entirely. It takes four drops. Like, do you understand how small that, like, it's the size of a quarter mm-hmm. is this woman's freedom. Yeah. Th- these women. Mm. So, um, not only did she give usage direct directions, but Julia painstakingly coached her clients on how to mourn, how to behave during, like, while people are around of her husband's death and with mm-hmm. people that would ask questions, um, how to act during the poisoning process mm-hmm. to, like, be worried and concerned. Like, she gave mm-hmm. acting classes to these women. Yeah. Wow. It was a whole thing. She literally like, thought it all out. She thought everything out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's perfect. If it weren't for one thing that I'll get to later on, we would never know about her. It was mm-hmm. perfect. And, and act during poisoning of the process so, to, so as to not raise suspicion. So, like, yeah. Homegirl had the poison, homegirl had the directions, homegirl had the acting classes to not get caught. She really was Wonder Woman. Yeah, no, and it's, she made money off of it, but you'll see later on, like, it's not, she didn't make a, it's a business. Yeah. We're in a capitalistic society, it's easy to quit it, it's a business. But she did it in a way that it wasn't for the money, it was to help people. It was truly, like, you can really see in the effort that she took into it, it was something that she was passionate about yeah and it was something that she believed and did to make the world a better place yeah and that is something we don't get to talk about a lot on the show nope so i i love i've i have never i'm shocked that i've never heard of this case you should watch the bailey sarian video on it because a her makeup's stunning and b she's so funny as she tells this story i think i have some more details in it but that's because i had more time and more resources and yeah. I use her as one of my resources but it's it's incredible that, bailey's just I'm a really great to. storyteller I'm, i think this is giving me a lot of ideas yeah for a future story i'm not great at writing fiction i'm more of like a short form mm-hmm. creative nonfiction writer but i'm like i have like day i daydream stories in my head mm-hmm. where like you ever daydream or like you're yeah. the main character and everything else like i that's literally all i do 99.9 percent of the time when I'm, like, quiet and not talking, it's because I literally cannot physically get out of my head. The last week and a half, I've been in a spy movie. Yeah. <laughs> Although it is speculated and highly plausible that her clientele consisted of both men and women, it is believed to have been 
predominantly women, as she obviously sympathized with them easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just talking about this before we took like a brief bathroom break. Um, Julia, this wasn't a business for her. Like it was a business in the sense that like you have to make money and mm-hmm. it costs money. But she cared so much about getting women out of abusive and unhappy marriages mm-hmm. that she made her product quote unquote easily available to lower class and low status women. It just it wasn't for just abused women with yeah. money. Yeah. Um, women that had nothing mm-hmm. had the ability to buy their freedom without having to pay much. Like mm-hmm. so I thought that was I think that's something else that really speaks to me of like the discussion that I want to have at the end of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stefana eventually moved her business from her hometown of Palermo to Naples and Rome. So she expanded. Wow. Yeah. Meet girls got an empire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next line. Expanding her poison empire. So remember that beautiful and young widow description I gave of Julia yeah. at the beginning? Yes. Yeah. It's very, it's a very real possibility that Julia herself used her own product first. Oh. Maybe what? not first, but like. She used her product in her marriage. Oh, I, oh, I would put money yeah. on it. Right? I'd put money on it. Yeah. Um, That's probably how she tested it. Mm-hmm. Hey, babe. Mm-hmm. I made soup. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this whole story reminds me of? Please. Um, I know you've watched The Sixth Sense, but have no. you? Oh, I didn't think so. I know Emily Osmond's brother's in it. Yes. Uh, Haley Joel Osmond. Yes. Mm-hmm. Big fan, so there's a part in that spoiler alert ahead if if you have not seen the, the movie's movie so old if you it. haven't seen it and yeah. you are upset about the spoiler get over it You're not so be upset. A, so there's a, a portion of that movie where um the Bruce Willis the detective mm-hmm. is trying to figure out um how this so he see this little boy that he, he's with, I see dead Osment, yeah, um, is telling him that this little girl that died, they're having a funeral for her in her mother's home. This little girl that died didn't didn't die naturally. They thought she was sick and she passed away. Um, and she was sick and they didn't know what she was sick of. It wasn't cancer, mm-hmm. but they couldn't like doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. Um, and then Haley Joel Osment's character, whose name I can't remember, um, they went to this funeral, this wake in this person, this morning mother's house. And he ran up to the little girl's bedroom because she had been telling him, her ghost had been telling him that there was a box under the bed that he needed to get. So he got the box from under the bed and there was a videotape in there. And he put the videotape in the TV and it was her playing with some toys like Mm -hmm. in front of a camera and then she heard her mother coming so she like jumped back in the bed because she was supposed to be bedridden um and the mother's carrying like a tray of soup and some like juice or whatever um and the mom's like how are you feeling today you know like when she walked in and the girl was like actually I feel a lot better like can I go outside and play I feel so much better and the mom was like how about you eat your lunch and then we'll see how you feel later this afternoon if you're still feel if you're still feeling good like we'll get you mm-hmm. like you can go outside and go play um but then the the ta- the camera that the little girl had set up to film herself playing catches the mom i I'm, if i'm remembering correctly i i see the, where this is going yeah, yeah she catches the mom turning around and pouring i think it's floor cleaner some, some kind of some kind of cleaner yeah it was i think it was floor cleaner in the soup yeah. And then mm-hmm. the little girl eating it and complaining that it still tastes funny. And the mom and was she's like, like, getting sick. Yeah. yeah. And so, it as you do when you drink poison. Yeah. So, like, um, the, it, ca- it caught the mom, like, slowly poisoning the girl. Mm-hmm. And, like, he revealed it in front of the whole family. But that's what that's what this case yeah. reminds me of. Except that's not so against yeah. a child. No. And <laughs> um, poisoning is still, like, it's not commonly used. I 
No, there, there's a psychology much- to a killer that uses poison. It's- if you ever can watch the show Murder in Amish Country, mm-hmm. there's a story. I I believe there's a story about a husband poisoning his wife. I don't remember with what. I want to say it's battery acid, but I'm 90% sure that's an entirely different episode. Like, roller coaster of a TV show. But it's on Hulu. Check it out. Po- poisoning is very hard to accomplish in a murder because yeah, especially it's so with the technology detectable. and the identifiers that we have that they didn't have. The only the um, only thing I can think of nowadays is like using potassium and thanks you know, TikTok. A heart attack. <laughs> but, um, no, but yeah, um, and it it takes a certain. I'm gonna go full criminal minds here. It takes a certain psychological profile of a killer. Yeah. To be someone that would choose poison. Poison is a ve- is also considered a very... Um, is it personal? Personal. It's personal, yeah. Yeah. Because um, that person trusts you with whatever... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless... And it's vile. And unless we're talking about the Tylenol. That's Something true. Like that's Tylenol entirely works. different. That's, that, but that was just a killer who is out to, like, kill for killing purposes. Yeah. And we don't know who it is, so we don't know the psychological profile. Mm-mm. So, all of that being said, everything this woman did, the way she built her business, the specifications of the poison, the fake instruction card, the Mm. true instructions, the acting classes that this woman gave, all that being said, she she was extremely cautious Mm -hmm. and had procedures and protocols for how she built that specific murderous clientele. The aspiring widow's club, we'll call them. We get jackets. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, she had to be because she's assisting in murders if not the murder um in assisting in murders in such a massive way she exclusively sold the poison only to women whom she knew personally and or women who she'd prior sold for vouching on their lives for this customer like it wasn't like a you can kill me if she's wrong. It was like a, I trust her. She's in a bad situation. You can trust her. Like, mm-hmm. you had to go through, like, networks of people yeah. to get mm-hmm. to this poison from Julia. It was only known amongst those who needed it, and only she was known as the giver of it to those that could make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you did use it, A, you rat on her, she's going to rat on you right back. Mm-hmm. So there's that, like, joint connection. And B, there's the gratitude of, you bought my freedom with me or for me. Mm-hmm. How can I help? How can I spread this so others in my situation? There's a sympathy that carries on. Mm -hmm. So however careful she was, all it took was one remorseful bowl of soup to topple her reign. Oh, no. One bowl of soup. Oh, God. One of Julia's final customers, if not her absolute final sale, would be the slip in the cracks that caused the end of her murderous career. This woman bought a vial of poison, made her husband dinner, a la soup that I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier, and added the single first dose drop mm-hmm. of Aquatifana. She got as far as setting, she placed the bowl in front of him and sat herself back at her seat before guilt consumed her and she snapped. She burst into pleas and begged him not to consume the soup and being the probably abusive giving the context of what's happening, mm-hmm. husband, he demanded that she tell him why. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to use the context of her attempted spousal side and mm-hmm. his abuse. To, he demanded that he tell her why, um, and he broke and, like, we don't know what happened. Safe to say he did something that broke her into a full confession, mm-hmm. um, telling him all about Julia and Aquatafana everything. I'm shocked that this hadn't happened before, that this lasted Truly. as long. Yeah, no joke. Truly. 
Um, and you really, like, you want to be mad at the girl that cracked, mm-hmm. but you can't. She's no, a bad woman. She feels guilty because complete, she was abused. Like, yeah, I completely understand. You can't fault her for how that. She, how she cracked, but, like, I'm, I'm I will amazed say, that it hadn't happened before. I can say this with absolute certainty. Mm-hmm. Only the men are the villains in this story. Yeah. Um, don't beat your fucking wife. She's not going to feel the need to poison you. Yeah. That's not victim blaming. That's you being a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, he went to the police. Tafana was so appreciated and popular because of her services that she had been, like her services to the community and of women, that she had been warned of the impending arrest, giving her time to flee. So word had made it around to people that trusted her more than the authorities. Mm-hmm. And they warned her, they're like, girl, get out of here. They're coming for you. And so she found herself on the run and she, quote unquote, hid in a church. Um, she ran into a church and churches back then um, can grant sanctuary. I think it's still a law here. Authorities cannot go onto church grounds to arrest somebody, especially if that church is like, no, no, they have sanctuary. You can't come in here. Like officers can't do anything. I know Denver, I think is a sanctuary city. So laws might be a little bit like more so that there, I don't know what modern day laws are kind of confusing with their medieval origins. Mm-hmm. Cause sanctuary is still a thing, but there's like genuine like policies and laws and stuff built around that whereas like it was the thing between you and god back then and god was so feared that it was like no no sanctuary you gotta stay there and they're like well nothing we can do about it so she was granted sanctuary and she was temporarily safe so julia was temporarily safe in the sanctuary of this church however humans being humans um rumors spread very quickly that Julia had poisoned Rome's entire water supply, which was entirely oh, false. True, yeah. um, but you know how people like will take the idiotiest thing mm-hmm. and blow it entirely out of context with mm-hmm. no facts checking, no fucks given. They just want to stir up the pot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't say I'm not guilty, mm-hmm. but I don't do it to the extremity of like, homegirl's killing all of Rome, she's in the sanctuary, get her. Like, mm-hmm. that's yep. extreme. So with civilian panic growing, Police stormed the church and dragged Tafana out of there and took her into custody for questioning. They stormed a church and broke sanctuary in the 1600s. Did you understand the severity of that? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Different sources have different numbers between how much she killed and, like, the exact range in which she was operating. Mm -hmm. Overall estimate is that she operated for 18 years from 1633 when her parents died. To 1651, when she was causing the death of 600 men or more. Wow. They estimate 600. She confessed under torture. um, So historians are skeptical of the true numbers because the confession was under duress. And that the fact that poisoning at the time wasn't an uncommon occurrence is hard to attribute which numbers were hers and which were Mm -hmm. other poisonings. But she'd been doing it for 18 years. 600 men is a... I think low number yeah, for that absolutely. career. However, um, I'll, I'll get to the however later. Um, so with confession in hand, forced confession, coerced confession in hand, because we still coerce confession, so I want to make it clear, yeah. that's still happening, we need to fucking change that. Yep. Um, so with coerced confession in hand, Julia, her daughter, and three of her employees were executed in July of 1659. Wow. Yeah. Um, after Julia's confession, authorities threw her body over the wall of the church that had offered her sanctuary oh as a gosh. warning and or a threat. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a crazy. A 
crazy. A church. Churches ruled Europe during this time. They were as high, if not higher, than royalty status. Like, so to throw a woman's body... It blows my mind because that is you have to remember like the historical. Con- I love the historical connotations of it. I yeah. Get what um, so, Julia's confession also led to the punishment of a handful of her customers, although it would have obviously been impossible to identify them all. Mm-hmm. A large portion of her lower class clientele were executed because the wealthier and more noble class ladies were merely imprisoned or imprisoned or banished. If you are a rich noblewoman. A banishment seems like good excuse to move to another foreign country and travel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like a punishment to me. But mm-hmm. that's me personally, and I love traveling, and it might be different given the context of the time and status and whatever. Yep. Yeah. So that's essentially the end of her living story. But Aquatifana spans way further than just her lifespan. Mm-hmm. Um, Julia's reputation truly carried on throughout history. If numbers are true, she is one of the most prolific and, I guess, it's not the right word, but it's the most accurate to what I'm trying to say, Mm -hmm. successful Mm -hmm. serial killers in history. One of the highest numbers. And this bitch is a woman! I'm not saying we need more women in serial killing, but I'm just saying when we are in it, we're better at it. Don't kill people, but, like... Be afraid. Be afraid. Also, there probably are women that are just better at it and don't get caught. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know the statistics on... People interested in true crime things are female identifying or feminine leaning ideologies um, of just people. It's like if you are more feminine or female identifying, mm-hmm. you are more likely to have an interest in true crime. Hmm. Yeah. So bitches better be scared. <laughs> and I fact check that with our own analytics, and it's true. Like our audience wow. is mostly female identifying based off yep. of what our app says. It doesn't. I think it has a non-binary issue um, thing, like a option. Like but. I feel like if we paid for like the more premium thing, it would break it down a little bit more. Possibly, I, I yeah, we can afford it. Possibly. That being said, including genders in analytics beyond the traditions old singular male or female mm-hmm. is still very new. Most websites still don't have a non-binary or a third or prefer not to say option. It's right. one or the other. Um, right. And so we need to expand on that. It just, yep. I think. Um, I think so. Okay. So one of the most successful serial killers in history. It is believed that Julia's success alone directly impacted the affair of poisons during the 1600s in France, which in turn may have led to Jesus. Catherine, I took French in high school, I should say this, Montvoisson, um, also known as La Voisson. Um, it's a French for poisoner or something. I don't know what it is. No. Poisson? Poisson. Poisson. <laughs> That's poisson. Uh, I know fr- in French, poison and fish are almost exactly the same because um, it caused major anxiety when I was taking a test one year. It, another poisoner. Poison person. Poison madam? I like Poison, poison Madam. <laughs> Love that. Anyways, I'll get you a sweatshirt that says Poison Madam. Yes. <laughs> New merch. Stories about, stories not about her, but she did get very close to poisoning King Louis Fourteenth. So Julia Tafana probably most definitely led to the attempted assassination of King Louis Fourteenth. Nice. I thought it was an interesting time. We also do know for a fact that the famous composer Mozart, on his deathbed, um, revealed that he 
believed he had been poisoned specifically with aquatafana. Hmm. Um, I had the quote in here, but I don't think it's saved. Hold on, let me pull up the quote because he said it. This dude was so sure. It's like his dying words was like, I've been poisoned by aquatafana. Mozart on his deathbed firmly believed that he had been poisoned with aquatafana. Like, this is over a hundred years after her death and her poison is still around. Damn. Um, it's unsubstantiated as if that was actually true or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was on his deathbed and said, quote, I feel definitely that I will not last much longer. I am sure that I have been poisoned. I cannot rid myself of the, this idea. Someone has given me Aquatafana and calculated the precise time of my death. Hmm. So this is the story of Julia Tafana and her poisoning empire that landed her a place in history. It's really hard to call her a murderer, although on the technicality of what the word no, means she was is not a murderer. wrong. No, she uh, was a murderer, but... <laughs> because she was a savior to so many women, Yeah, murder is obviously never okay. Um, but there just seems to be this unusual kindness to her story that makes it really hard for me to personally... Yeah. To completely victimize her in any way. Yeah. Um, the way we do other killers. But that's just it. Uh, and it's been almost 400 years now, so my opinion doesn't really matter. Anybody says it. Um, but it opens up the discussion of what this episode is labeled. Like, mm-hmm. is she wicked or was she a Wonder Woman? Because, like, coming from our perspective as um, women identifying people, I've seen abuse situations. I've been in the vicinity of abuse situations. And I heavily sympathize. Like, I... The bravery that this woman had to save women, I think, vastly, vastly counteracted the whatever evil or cruelty that you think lies in the murders. Because it wasn't an evil or cruel action. It was, I think, necessary for their time period. Like, an act of saving those that can't save themselves in Mm -hmm. an extreme way because there was literally no other option. Yeah. Yeah. Unchecked patriarchy leading to the extremities in which people get desperate. Yep. So. I think she was a wicked Wonder Woman. I, I think, think she was a Wonder Woman. She was an anti-hero. Yeah. She was... My favorite anti-hero. She's my favorite anti-hero. I definitely I think that she absolutely... She did murder. Yeah. But she murdered with cause. Yeah. And I think just. that's one of the very rare cases in which you can call someone a murderer and that word has no malice in it. Mm-hmm. It's not an evil identifier. No. I don't think she was evil. No, no, one hundred percent. There was there was, she was too much to save people. Caution, and there was too much in her head. Planning it was either... to, she did so much to make sure that they the the husbands had enough time to get their affairs in order, so she the woman was taken care of. I was gonna say it, in her in her it mind, it was either the husband or the wife, and it was always gonna be the wife because yeah. she was the one that was being abused. Yeah, they were in they were never in the position of power, so yeah. you have to in those circumstances. The abuser mm-hmm. yep. needs to be taken down, and that was, and I hate to say it, their only option. Only option. It um, was. It was their only option. And so I think um, a very weird story in our podcast, Under Our Belt, mm-hmm. is we have a murderer that we heavily sympathize with, heavily mm-hmm. sympathize with, and we don't villainize in any way, personally, and I think it's just, you don't want to aspire to kill 600 men. But you do want to aspire to be somebody's hero and impact them in a positive way. And mm-hmm. I think that's something we can all take from their story. So, yeah, I agree. The best anti-hero ever. Yeah. The complexities of the human psyche. And we're so used to talking about killers that kill because they feel nothing. Mm-hmm. And she's a killer that killed because she felt everything, Yeah, I think. And mm-hmm. so 
that's it. Well, that was a great story. I loved it. I Thank loved you. It's so intense. It's it was, very intense. This is I the best it. prepared I've ever been for a podcast episode. <laughs> it's four pages. It was awesome. Remember me, the this first time I tried story. to record my last episode? Yes. I've come so far. <laughs> All right, everyone. Let's wrap this shit up so Kitty can take a nap. <laughs> we got we got to let Kitty take a nap. So, thank you for joining us for Spooky Time Tea, the show where we talk about ghosts, ghouls, murders, and mysteries, and everything in between, all while enjoying a cup of tea, like a tea party, but spooky. Spooky. Remember, everyone. Oh, hold oh. on, I have one. Okay. Men are getting bold. Bring Aquatana back. <laughs> <laughs> um. Don't murder. Eh. and for god's sake stop parking on train tracks have a lovely evening everyone and so much better sweet dreams